0: God is good, all the time. and all the time, God is good. You believe that this morning, yeah. it's good to see each of you here this morning. For the last month or so, we have been looking at lessons that we can learn from Moses' life journey with God. There are many, many stories that we could look at. We could perhaps spend a whole year looking at the life of Moses and finding things that could help us on our spiritual journey. But this morning, we're going to jump ahead and look at the, finish up this series by looking at the last chapter of Moses' life. Before we do that, let's go back a little bit. Forty years before the end of Moses' life, on the backside of the desert from a bush that was on fire but was not being burned up, God called Moses to be the shepherd of his people, the children of Israel, the slaves that had lived for 400 years down in the land of Egypt. Moses had just completed... 40 years of being the shepherd of his father's, father-in-law's sheep. And now God was calling him to something way bigger. And as you remember from our lesson on excuses, Moses did not want to go. I remember my burning bush experience. I was pastoring in Kentucky I love pastoring in Kentucky. My dad was pastoring in Kentucky. My brother John was pastoring in Kentucky. My brother-in-law was pastoring in Kentucky. All my family was there. We were just a couple of hours from Cindy's folks. Life wasn't necessarily easy, but life was good. And then I got a phone call that turned our world upside down. Will Keller, who was the vice chair of the board here at Hyde Wesleyan at the time, and who became one of my dearest friends, was on the phone and he says, Bobby, yep, that's what they called me when I came to Hyde. You see, this was my dad's home church, and they had known me from the time I was born. Anyway, he said, Bobby... We'd love for you to come and be our pastor. The bush was on fire, but I didn't want anything to do with it. I had been to Hyde before. Just like Moses knew Egypt, I knew Hyde. Hyde Wesleyan was perhaps a a challenge. You might have heard the story of the pastor who, after some hard experiences in ministry, was looking for a new church to pastor, and he went to his district superintendent and he told him, he said, I've had two opportunities and one challenge. This time I'd just like a church. (laughs) I had had an opportunity in Kentucky with a new church plant, and Hyde was being offered to me as a challenge. The DS here in Western PA told me, That if we hadn't have come, they were ready to close Hyde Wesleyan Church. I knew what Hyde was like. It was my grandparents' home church. We had lived here my senior year when my dad had come home from ministry on the mission field. And when we got to Hyde, the building, for those of you that don't know the old building, the building was not very inviting. You pulled up, uh, the steps leading up to the front doors were wrapped in that green fiberglass core graded sheeting, and they said that it helped keep the wind from blowing in the front door. It also kept you from seeing the front door, which was painted <laughs> bright red, and Those doors had some cracks in it that you could actually see out from the inside. And when you came into that little foyer, it was about eight by eight. And it had on the floor some of the most rough red indoor-outdoor carpet that you'd ever imagine. It was so old, we tried to clean it, and you could clean and clean, and it didn't look any better. When you passed into the sanctuary you were met with bare wooden floors that were worn bare. They were well-worn and up the center aisle there was a black vinyl cracked runner. There were milk glass lights that were hanging from the ceiling and those light shades kept in most of the light. I said it was like you got in there and you just kind of felt you were in a cave. That it just was so hazy. Up front on the platform, there was dark olive green carpet. And on either side of the platform stood an old upright piano, two of them. And if you stepped off of the platform, there was the door to our dining room, right into the parsonage. And to greet us that first Sunday morning, there were 13 people all of whom were very much older than this 27-year-old kid. Like Moses, we were not excited to be there. We were there because God had made it clear to us in our burning bush experience that this is where he wanted us. And as with Moses, God eventually led us out of the wilderness. I have to say God gave us a lot better group of people to lead than he did poor Moses. For Moses, the people failed to trust that God would deliver the promised land to to them, and so Moses spent 40 years leading the children of Israel around in the wilderness. It was probably seven years of what I would call wilderness that we experienced there before we saw anything begin to happen in that church. During that time, some things went very well for Moses and some things didn't go well. The children of Israel were a very stiff-necked people. That's the way God described them, a very stiff-necked people. They were prone to whining and complaining and most of all, rebelling. They had run out of water one time and... The people were rebelling against Moses' leadership and they were ready to ditch him and they were ready to return back to Egypt. And Moses and Aaron approached the Lord for direction. What do we do? And God told them to go out and gather all the people together and to take the staff of God with him. The staff of God was that staff that Moses had in the wilderness, the staff that he had taken to Egypt and had used... Uh, to perform all the miracles and had used to uh, part the Red Sea. And it had become known as the staff of God. It was a symbol of God's power and of God's presence. And God said, Moses, take it with you. And he told him to go, and there was a large rock evidently there in proximity to the camp. And he said, I want you to go to that rock. uh, And as you stand before them, I want you to speak to the rock. And I, God, will make water come out of that rock which will satisfy the needs of all the people and all of the livestock. So Moses gathered the people together. But he had had enough of their whining and of their complaining and of questioning his leadership. And he just felt he had to get some things off his chest, I guess. And so it said in Numbers chapter 20, Moses did as he was told, and he took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. And then he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring you water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with his staff, and water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I am giving them. And that brings us to our lesson today. Years have now passed, and God told Moses to climb a mountain. It's in what is now called Jordan, the country of Jordan. And he said, from there you will be able to look out and you will see in the distance the promised land. Years ago, Cindy and I had the privilege of standing on that mountain and looking out over the Jordan Valley and seeing in the distance the mountains of Israel as Moses did those many years ago. In Numbers 27, this is what it says. One day the Lord said to Moses, Climb one of the mountains east of the river and look out over the land I have given the people of Israel. After you have seen it, you will die like your brother Aaron. For you both rebelled against my instructions in the wilderness of Zin. When the people of Israel rebelled, you failed to demonstrate my holiness to them at the waters." these are the waters of meribah at kadesh in the wilderness of zin then moses said to the lord "O lord you are the god who gives breath to all creatures please appoint a new man as leader for the community give them someone who will guide them wherever they go and will lead them into battle so the community of the lord will not be like sheep without a shepherd the lord replied take joshua the son of nun who has the spirit in him And lay your hands on him, present them to Eliezer the priest before the whole community and publicly commission him to lead the people, transfer some of your authority to him so the whole community of Israel will obey him. When direction from the Lord is needed, Joshua will stand before Eliezer the priest who will use the Urim, one of the sacred lots cast before the Lord, to determine his will. This is how Joshua and the rest of the community of Israel would determine everything that they should do. So Moses did as the Lord commanded. He presented Joshua to Eleazar the priest and the whole community. Moses laid his hands on him and commissioned him to lead the people just as the Lord had commanded through Moses. Moses had been the shepherd, the leader of the children of Israel for now, 40 years he was the only leader that these people had ever known and God was saying to him Moses your time is done it's time to step aside Moses had learned many lessons in his walk with God and if we had seen him earlier in his journey he not, we might have expected him to be arguing with God just about now but God, I've worked so hard to get the people here. Right there's the promised land. It's not fair. But Moses had learned much in his walk and the lessons God had taught him. And his response comes from deep within. He's basically saying this, God, you're right. You are the one who gives me breath and you can take it at any time. You are the one that has made this choice, but I have one great concern. Who is going to shepherd this flock? You can't leave them without a leader. There'll be chaos, there'll be egos that will try to take control, and the the only thing that will work is if you appoint someone and put them in place to lead them when I'm gone. God, they need a shepherd. Sheep need a shepherd. And the sheep of the Lord's pasture are no different. They need a shepherd. They need a good shepherd. They need a shepherd of the Lord's choosing. And there are several things that we learn here. One is that no matter who the leader is, they'll become a time for a transition of leadership. That's a scary thing. Who can replace Moses? What's going to happen to the flock? God, you have to do something. God, are you sure you've thought this through? God has taken me to the mountain. And he's made it clear to me that my time as being the leader of Hyde Wesleyan is coming to an end. Like Moses, I was a reluctant leader. Many times I have questioned, why has God chosen me? But like Moses, God has placed within my heart a great love and a care for the people that he has called me to lead. And like Moses, I too cried out on the mountain, God, you have to pick someone to lead them. I have watched through my years of ministry many long-term pastorates. I've been here 32 years. That is a long time in church pastoring. And I've watched pastors who have led their church successfully for those years, who came to the end and decided it was time to retire, And they just retired and stepped aside and left the flock to figure it out. And I've watched church after church that have been beset by all kind of problems and wolves that have destroyed the church. After the mountain, I've been crying out to God, you have to bring someone alongside to shepherd your people. As Moses cried out, O God, give them someone who will guide them wherever they go and will lead them into battle so the community of the Lord will not be like sheep without a shepherd. God began pointing me in a direction a number of years ago. I've been watching a young man who had come on staff at one of the churches in our district. He was well Poised. He loved his family. He loved his church. He had a great godly heritage. And God began to impress upon me that this might be the man. I had some better pictures than that, I could have said. But then he took a solo pastoring position on our district. And I pulled back and I just was wondering what God was doing. And I continued to watch from afar. I asked him if he would go with me on a trip to Swaziland and got to know him and his heart for God and for the church and for missions a lot better. And finally there came a point in our church life where Things changed and we needed to hire new staff. And God made it clear to me that now is the time. And so after consulting with our church leadership at the time, I approached Pastor Stevan and I offered him a position on staff. But I also put before him very clearly at the beginning what God was showing me, what God was showing our local church board about our future. Moses cried out to God, and God responded to him, Take Joshua, son of Nun, who has the Spirit in him, and lay your hands on him. And present him to Eliezer the priest before the whole community, and publicly commission him to lead the people. Transfer some of your authority to him, so the whole community of Israel will obey him. When direction from the Lord is needed, Joshua will stand before Eleazar the priest, who will use the Urim, one of the sacred lots, cast before the Lord to determine his will. This is how Joshua and the rest of the community of Israel will determine everything they should do. In our form of church government, I don't have that kind of authority. So we will have to go through the proper process of procedures of pastoral change. Now, God has released me from leadership but he has not released me from ministry. And what is being proposed to you as a congregation is that Pastor Steven and I will switch roles and that he will become the lead pastor if you choose, and I will become an assistant. That's something that Moses never got to do, to be an assistant but I'll let you know it's something I've always wanted to do. (laughs) I have been a reluctant leader for 32 years. I've always thought, God, why don't you bring someone in and I'll be the assistant. He's never let me to do that until now, he seems to be opening that door. I was more than reluctant when God called me to hide, but today I am so very grateful for God calling me and my family here. It's been one of the greatest joys of our life to serve you and to live in this community. I don't know all that God has for us. It would be my delight to serve out the rest of my years supporting the ministry of Hyde Wesleyan Church. We'll just have to see what all God has for us in the future. But what I want is his will. I would consider it a great honor if you will choose to follow Stephen as you have faithfully allowed me to be your leader for these past 32 years. Finally came time for Moses to tell the people and in Deuteronomy, thank you Rick. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, it said, Moses had gathered the people and gave them many instructions. Poured out his heart. And when Moses had finished giving these instructions to all the people of Israel, he said, "I'm now 120 years old. I'm no longer able to lead you. I'm not 120, (laughs) but I do. Yeah, it just (laughs) looks. But I do turn 60 next month." The Lord has told me you'll not cross the Jordan River. But the Lord, your God himself, will cross over ahead of you and he will destroy the nations living there and you will take possession of their land. Joshua Joshua will lead you across the river just as the Lord promised. The Lord will destroy the nations living in the land just as he destroyed Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites. The Lord will hand over to you the people who live there, and you must deal with them as I have commanded you. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them, for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. My word to you this morning is this. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not panic. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. I guess at this point you figured out what the focus part of this morning was. I hope that we keep our eyes focused on the Lord. I think that One of the signs of a successful leader is if after he goes off the scene or she, that the ministry still goes forward. I hope that I've been a good enough leader. I have and these discussions leading up to this moment have said, my, my ideal would have been that, if it could have been that way, that Stephen could have come in and just slowly taken over more and more and me take less and less until I walked out the door one day and no one would ever notice. <laughs> I hope that in the days ahead, there will be that kind of spirit that we recognize this is not about bob croft i know it's different i was just sitting there thinking this morning when i came to hide for the first number of years i was the one that greeted at the door and handed out the bulletin and then i came in and i taught sunday school then i got up and led the singing and then i preached and then i came back and did it again on sunday night and wednesday night and in between we mowed the grass and we cleaned the toilets and we did everything and to see where a family has grown and everyone knows their roles and have step up and make things happen and And everybody pitches in and we love each other and we work together and we recognize the bigger picture of what God has placed us in this community for to reach our community and to minister to our community and to love our world. Thank you for allowing me to be your pastor. And I hope that I will continue to be a pastor here at Hyde Wesleyan. I've gone over this a thousand times in my head, and none of them were the same way. And I'm sure that this this morning isn't exactly all that I have to say. I'm gonna ask Sam Scribe, he's the vice chair of our church. He's gonna come and share a few things with you. And um, I hope that you will plan, especially to be here in two weeks, two weeks from now, steven and i are going to just sit here on the platform and share with you some of the journey some of the reasons why how we have thought through this hopefully we will answer many of your questions where we go from here thank you sam
1: thank you pastor bob i uh, i brought my own Got that, so. praise god for the leadership of this church. When uh, Bob brought me into his office uh, several months ago and he started telling me this, I was, I think I started... Tearing up then in your office that day, and we've been doing this for a while now. I want you to know, as the vice chair, I'm just speaking up here on today on behalf of the, the board. Uh, this hasn't just been sprung on the board at all. This has been a uh, a process that's been being in, uh, put in place for the last three years. Humanly. I believe this is a process that started a long time ago with God calling Pastor Bob to this church and him accepting it through his obedience to God. And it just has amazed me being a part of this church. I came here, I don't, I'm don't. i not sure how long ago now, 10, 12 years ago, something like that. And to see where we've come in just that short period of time. Is there anybody in the congregation uh, who, who came from the original church here? If you could just stand up. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. I believe God started this process a long time ago. Uh, God has, has blessed this community with great leaders and knowing that God is all over this and God has been out in front of this the whole time. We, uh, the LBA has done what we are directed to do uh, through the bylaws and the, the church law uh, organization Uh, we've met with the district superintendent and, uh, he instructed us, uh, Randy instructed us that we must go through, uh, what we had to go through. We had to do what we had to do and we had to meet with Jess and Stevin and conduct an interview and I will tell you that, uh, being honest, the board going into this thought, well, this is just a dot the I's and cross the T kind of thing and, uh, we met with Jess and we met with Pastor Stevin and we interviewed them and there wasn't a dry eye in that. In that meeting, there was purpose. I didn't know it until the meeting and I thank God for randy's leadership also through this it's amazing what god has done in this community i can't say that enough and i can't read what i want to say either we met with and had a formal interview with pastor steven and jess and following the interview the board we voted unanimously to recommend pastor steven to the church for a vote to call him to be our lead pastor. So in two weeks, the vote is scheduled uh, to take place here at the church at the end of the service. Well, everyone will have an opportunity to vote. According to the church organization, only the members' votes will actually count toward the decision to have Stevin called as our lead pastor, but the entire congregation will have an opportunity to vote to let us know how we all feel about this. If the congregation votes to approve the process, the transition will take place the first Sunday in May of 2018. The result being Pastor Stevin will be serving in the lead pastor role and Pastor Bob will be the assistant. Two weeks from today, Pastor Bob and Pastor Steven are going to be on this stage and they're going to use that service <laughs> to discuss this whole process and why. And I was just thinking of that when I was going over this this morning. I thought, wow, especially in this day and age and this time and You know, think of the leaders of our country and how they tear each other apart just to get to the position of being number one. And in this process, we have two leaders called to service that are so humble, each holding up the other. Just amazes me. God's got this. So they're going to use that service to dialogue together about the process and hopefully their sharing will answer the majority of questions you may have. We hope everyone will come and take part in that. For the next two Sundays, we're only going to have one service because we don't want to flip-flop and have uh, any miscommunication there, so we're going to take it down to one service for the next two Sundays. We've chosen this day to end this service. With a fellowship meal, that's going to be taking place directly after the service. And We pray, we encourage you all to stick around and uh, fellowship with one another as a family. Uh, we know this is this is big news and it's a big change. It's 32 years, and uh, it's 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 a it's a good change. It's a change that Pastor Bob has been thinking about and praying about and no doubt in my mind God has led him to this no doubt in my mind that God has led pastor Stevin to this church also God is all through this and we're just gonna urge you to pray that God will continue leading the Hyde Wesleyan church through the process and that through all of this God will receive the glory in what happens here. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you. We praise you for your infinite knowledge and your divine wisdom. Lord. We praise you for the leadership you have given us. We thank you for Taking this church family and sending it out to our community to grow God's kingdom through the leadership of our pastors. Thank you for blessing this small town with such great leaders. We thank you for sending us leaders that are humble enough to pass on that torch, Lord. That it's not about them that it's about you, Father, your kingdom, and your glory. We pray that the hearts of every one of us will be prepared for this, Lord. And we pray that you'll bring us closer, Lord. Father, we just pray that you'll be out in front of this the whole way, Lord. We know that when we put our trust in you, We can't go wrong. Father, I just pray that you will continue to bless this church and its congregation, Lord. That we will be we will continue to be your hands and feet, Lord. Once again we just time and all of your your wisdom. Father, be with this community, Lord, as we do go out into the world, Lord. We pray that we will reflect your light, Lord, that this church will let off a glow. That will show the world how powerful you are, Lord. We pray this all in your precious, most holy name. Amen.